The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. Joining us now, Patrick English, Associate Director at YouGov. Uh, Firstly, Patrick, just in terms of the result today, what are you expecting? Are you expecting Liz Trust to win it as, you know, most people are? Yes, good morning from a, a very uh, vibrant and noisy college screen. Uh, we are expecting Liz Truss to win today. Our polling suggests that she will uh, emerge as victorious among the Conservative Party membership, probably by around about 30 points. And uh, I think that's the con- a conclusion of a very long, drawn-out campaign of which Liz Truss has maintained that 30-point lead kind of throughout. She's been pushed up against, uh, against Rishi Sunak. So, yes, we are expecting her to win today and look out for that sort of 30-point margin that we think it's going to be. She has been the clear favourite, as you say, throughout the campaign. Was this really all about timing uh, for her and the way that her popularity grew during the during the past seven weeks? I think certainly among the membership, yes. I think it's important to remember that only 25% of Conservative Party members actually wanted these two in the final two. When we were polling in the early stages of the contest, it was all about Ben Wallace. It was all about Penny Morden. It was all about Kemi Badenoch towards the end. There weren't that many that actually wanted this combination of Sunak and Trust to be in that final combination. So I think of the two of them, there was a perception that Rishi Sunak perhaps might have done Boris Johnson wrong or sort of abandoned his post. And that didn't play well at all, I think, with the Conservative Party members. So this Trust was able to get out into an early lead and kind of sort of maintain that, really, by talking about core conservative principles, returning to a conservative or a traditional conservative, we should say, way of running the economy. That just resonated very strongly with what conservative members were looking for at this time. Okay, but now this prime minister, the next prime minister, will have to move from just appealing to that very narrow 160, 175,000 core Conservative Party membership. They will have to deal with the country as a whole. And the numbers that I presented, you know, from your polling show, I mean, more than half the population think that Liz Truss is going to be a terrible leader. I mean, that's pretty gruesome. Oh, it absolutely is, yes. The expectation among the general public for, for Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak is very, very, very low indeed. In fact, when we asked whether they thought that Liz Truss would be a better or worse prime minister than Boris Johnson, she came out exactly tied with him. And she came out below every other prime minister that Britain has had since Margaret Thatcher. So the public expect her to be much worse than, let's say, John Major, Theresa May, David Cameron. So expectations are very low and she has an awful lot of work to do to turn around this 15 or so polling point lead that Labour currently have in national voting pension. So is, is this then a boon for Labour that they've had, you know, seven weeks of Tory infighting during this campaign? It, it, has this provided a bounce for them and have they capitalised on it? 
That's a good, good question. I think you can argue yes and no. Broadly speaking, the polling is sort of where it was, perhaps a little bit better for Labour at the start of this contest. So certainly we can say that the contest hasn't reversed the Conservatives' fortunes or put them in a better standing with the public. They have, of course, removed a very unpopular Prime Minister. So we might expect that to count in their favour over the next coming weeks. We could perhaps see a honeymoon. But Kirstarmer and Labour have had a pretty good summer by not doing very much. I think the key for them as we head into the next general election, is going to be to maintain this 10 to 15 point lead because that's kind of the numbers that we need to see or an opposition needs to see if they're going to take power in the next election. We will expect that to sort of shrink as we move toward the election. So Labour needs to capitalise and sort of keep this gap open for now as we move toward the next election if they're going to really sort of build on their, their position now. Yeah, I think that's interesting you say that. We were speaking to Alistair Campbell, of course, director of comms um, under Tony Blair at number 10, um, but but a, wide, a well-known commentator. He was saying, actually, um, that Labour had done a really bad job, uh, the front benches of, of the Labour Party, done a really bad job of, as he put it, branding the next prime minister, you know, giving them a kind of tagline that would be resonate or be unpopular with, with voters. But look, if you say that the bar is so low for Liz for Liz Truss, so uh, unbelievably low. I suppose anything that she does to help households with energy bills, you know, w- would allow her, you know, a-, a major win. So I suppose doing a massive U-turn um, would be not very damaging to her if she changed her tune on giving people more cash. I think that's exactly right. And it goes to what you were sort of saying or what we were saying uh, to the top of the conversation. And Liz Trust can now orientate, as if she wins as we expect her to win, can now orientate herself toward the voters and the electorate and away from that very narrow subset of the public which are Conservative Party members. And certainly what we've been finding in our polling is that policies such as freezing the price, the price rise, getting more help financially to those particularly on means-tested benefits. Those are very, very popular policies that Labour are sort of promoting right now that are available for Liz Truss to kind of take on in the next couple of weeks and try and provide that momentum and try and provide that sense of that she is and her government will be a government that can be trusted to deal with the cost of living crisis because right now... That is what the public wants. It's the single issue that they keep telling us again and again and again is on the top of their agenda. So there's an easy route in there, I think, in terms of what this trust should be focusing on. The trick's going to be, do the public trust her to do it? And that's perhaps where these expectations and these evaluations mm. of her right now just don't look too good. How much will the, the lineup of the next cabinet be key to that? And, and who are the names that we should be watching out for uh, if Liz Truss is successful and, and will be naming a cabinet in the coming days? I think probably one of the most important things that this trust could do right now is present a unified front of the Conservative Party. We know that sort of parties that are seen as divided, disorganised, infighting are very, very, very unpopular parties. So I think she might be looking to try and put some of Rishi Sunak's backers into the cabinet. And she might be looking at putting some of the people who stood against her in the initial phases into the cabinet. So people like Penny Morden, who was pretty popular with the membership and indeed has a fairly decent rating with the public. Ben Wallace as well is another one who would certainly be looking to be kept there and the public have a pretty good opinion of as well. So that's going to be the key, I think, for Liz Truss is to present what should be a kind of a unified, a party that's able to get around her sort of look at the electorate, face down Labour and be ready for the next election. Because divided parties are unpopular parties. OK, Boris Johnson, you know, thinking about the outgoing uh, Prime Minister. Um, how how unpopular exactly is he as he leaves? And were there policies, you know, according to your polling, that were popular that he enacted, i.e. what is Johnson's legacy? 
That's a very good question. Certainly, Boris Johnson does not leave a good legacy at all. The public very much fell out with him, shall we say, over the course of the Partygate scandals and then the sort of the parliamentary business and the twos and fros which followed that. He became one of the most unpopular prime ministers that we had data for. His ratings were terrible. People just didn't trust him. So certainly, if we're looking for a bar for his trust to beat, that's a pretty low one indeed. I think Boris Johnson's legacy probably will improve, though, as we move further away from the immediate days of his premiership. He might be remembered for things like getting Brexit done, which is, of course, what a lot of his backers in the press are talking about now. And certainly that, of course was a policy which commanded the support of at least 52% of the public back in 2016. So I think the nature and the idea and the conceptions of Johnson's legacy will change over time. But certainly right now, the public still feel quite raw about Partygate and about all the sort of the furore around that. And so his legacy doesn't look too good at all. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.